your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 289 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller up in Collingwood. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Well, the Ottawa Senators, for the eighth time this season, fail to beat Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and company, falling 4-2 to the Oilers. The good news, though, not much time to sit and think about that because they're right back in action tonight. So we'll have a full recap and preview. What lineup changes might we see and more? Plus, we have Belleville Senators in action, and the 2020 draft class continues to impress from Finland to the WHL to guys already producing in the American League. So stay tuned for all that. Plus, do we have an interview with one of those 2020 draft class members? Stay tuned to the end of the show for that. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Thursday, April 8th and Pillsy. Hot take alert, I am not a fan of watching Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl play against your Ottawa Senators. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I remember talking about the all-Canadian division at the start of the year, and I was one of those people being like, this is great. Like Now I'm going to get to see Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl more than I usually did. Uh, Yeah, I'm done with that as well, Ross, because these guys are just torching the Ottawa Senators. How about when you look at their points up against the Sens in a single season, they lead, they're breaking records left, right, and center, but eight games played for both of them, 21 points for Dreisaitl, 20 points for McDavid, and the fact that Dreisaitl ices off the cake with the hat trick with less than a second left, like, that's just the hockey god smiting the Sens on this uh, dynamic duo once again here. And with that went the reverse puck line for your Pillsy's parlay, which we'll get to presented by Bet Online. But you mentioned the points. How about Leon Dreisaitl's 10 goals, the most ever by an opponent against Ottawa? And when you look through the top 10 list, it's all from the 92-93 season, which makes it even more comical. However, what does make it more parallel is that back then you played your division nine times. So Matt Sundin, for example, with Quebec Nordiques in his prime, obviously before the Leafs, he had nine games against Ottawa and 14 points, which is tied for fourth with Pat Lafontaine, Adam Motes, and well, guess what? Tyson Berry's right there too. He's just feasting off of assists based on dry saddle and McDavid, but they are putting the boots to Ottawa already four points clear of Owen Nolan, who had the record going into this season with 16 points. And all three of those guys, McDavid, Drysdale, and Owen Nolan, had all played eight games. So tonight's game, a bonus one for Drysdale and McDavid. I asked this question tongue-in-cheek because there's no answer. How do you stop them from producing? They each had four points in a 4-2 win, and that was their second best output in a single game against Ottawa this year. 
Yeah, how do you stop them? I don't know, honestly. And like Leon Drysdale scoring one timer goals from the goddamn goal line, like, <laughs> and like it's so that goal. Well, we'll get into it, but that goal, the fact that he was able to score that without having to bank it off Hogberg, like that is just pure skill. And you can tell that wasn't a one-off play. Connor McDavid and Leon Drysdale have practiced that for sure, and because you can't get that just luckily. Like Drysdale's probably shot a thousand pucks from that exact spot with Connor McDavid feeding him. And yeah, I'm, uh, I'm done seeing them Ross. And, and this game tonight, the final game up against the Oilers, I think is one of the few must win games. If you're the Ottawa senators, like this is a must win game, isn't it? You don't want to go. zero and nine against a single opponent in a season. That might be the first time in NHL history. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, maybe in the early nineties, something, but, you just don't see that anymore. And not only was Leon Drysaddle all over the score sheet, but he, he was being a bit of a clown out there too. A little throat punch on Clark Bishop, and then he decides that he's going to go for Brady Kachuk. Take us through that scrub. Yeah, that was a weird one. So Clark Bishop, he uh, he he had a tough night. Like he got banged up a bunch of times here. So Zub didn't like Dezingle getting boarded first. I think that's where it started. Dezingle gets kind of boarded, crunched a little awkward. Not a penalty, but just a weird play. And so Zub goes for Pujarvi. Obviously, Brady's like, "Hey, we're uh, we're doing this. I'm going to get in the mix here." He's just watching, and then Drysaddle grabs him, and that quick jab he throws at Brady. That where's the penalty there? Like that's unbelievable that that got unnoticed. And then Brady's wires just cross and he just <laughs> goes full force for him. And then of course, Darnell nurse has to get in there and protect Third man him. in. Yeah. Th- yeah. Where's the call there? But I just think that uh, the dry settle getting away with that quick jab was absolute garbage trash. And how about Mike Riley being the fourth guy into that scrum trying to pull off nurse. He's like, way out of his weight class there he's just trying to hang on for dear life yeah that's one of those scenarios where it's you want to be seen that you're helping but you don't actually want to get involved you know (laughs) he's just like i want to make sure when we look at the replay of this in the film room people aren't seeing me skate away but also i really don't want to get involved here (laughs) this game got off to a weak start from an officiating standpoint it continued throughout the game we don't talk about officials on this show but they were brutal last night Now, the first play of the game, Shabbat makes a nice little rush to try to shimmy-shake a defender. He doesn't have the puck, though. Brady's trying to find him and and get a seam through so he can split the defenders and go in. Shabbat's taken down by Darnell Nurse. Then five seconds later, it seemed, the next rush down ice, Drysaddle does the exact same move, except he had possession of the puck. He tries to chip and chase, but as he did the chase, he, he tried to go on the inside lane to Artem Zuby. No defenseman's going to let you take that inside lane, but because he just had possession of the puck, I was shocked that was interference. Yeah, some questionable calls here for sure, but I don't think uh, the calls were a big reason why the Senators lost this game, so I don't want to get too into uh, a couple interference calls here and there. Let's get into Marcus Hogberg's night because he hasn't played since February 18th. How about that spectacular glove save at the end of the first period? Yeah, Hogberg looked great. And uh, 
we were saying we want to see his mechanics and how he was moving. I thought he was moving well. Uh, he did get scored on with a cross-ice pass, but when it's McDavid feeding Drysaddle like that, what are you going to do? Not much. So I don't fault him there. But yeah, I thought he looked good. He had to make a couple big saves. He had some glove saves. I thought his rebound control was decent. For your first game back up against a team that's now 8-0 and against you and two of the top players in the league are just setting records all over the place, I think he played really well and he gave his team a chance here. Yeah, only three goals against on 34 shots. Of course, the fourth goal coming in courtesy of an empty net. You start Anton Forsberg tonight, though? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think uh, you, you guys know the answer I'm going to give there. I don't think once I've suggested to go back-to-back goalies. I just don't I don't see the need for it in a, in a season where you're this far out. And also, you got to shine Forsberg as much as possible here. The trade deadline's coming up, and there are a handful of teams that are looking for not only a third goalie like a taxi squad guy but there's some guys looking for backups and even starters there's some serious goalie injuries going going around in the nhl now so he's going to be a coveted guy so show him off let teams see what he can do and it'll be uh i'm sure anton forsberg hasn't even unpacked his suitcase ross he's heading to his fifth team this season for sure Oh, man. Well, if it's Colorado or, or a team like that, I'm sure he won't be upset that his season gets to continue into playoffs and chase that ultimate goal in the Stanley Cup. Now, we mentioned this is Ottawa's final game against Edmonton tonight, so we'll, re- we'll preview that game, give our locked-on player our keys to victory. Coming up at the end of the show, we also have Igor Sokolov to talk about, Levi Marilyn, and Ridley Gregg. This 2020 draft class is just outstanding. We'll, te- we'll tell you about that later, and Philly franchise making some key saves outshot 17 to one in the third period. Belleville still wins, but let's stay focused for now on last night's four, two loss after the first period, they're down one, nothing, but only 25 seconds into the middle frame. It's Josh Norris with his 10th goal of the season. Pillsy's on pace for 20 in a full year. Just how many steps forward in his development has Norris taken in your eyes this season? Oh, massive steps. I mean, like, think back. I know I keep saying this, but think back to at the start of the season when we were talking about uh, Norris. I had him in pen in Belleville as the number one center. And I had Logan Brown where Josh Norris is. He he's done a great job to prove that he's ready for the NHL. And he's one of the best rookies in the entire league. Now, that goal, sure, we'll still give credit to Norris, but we got to give a big shout out to Thomas Shabbat there. I know I'm the assist guy, but Shabbat pinching, he gets a shot from the slot. It hits Koskinen in the shoulder and then he keeps going. It's like he doesn't even break stride. He gets the rebound behind the net, wraps it around. And then Norris is just Johnny on the spot with a stick on the ice and he gets that goal. So another great job by Thomas Shabbat. We've been hard on him lately. He's uh, had some questionable defensive play, but this is the exact kind of play where you got to take the good with the bad and sure he's going to have those bad defensive plays but anytime you can get a goal like that quick in the period to tie the game up at one thanks to a good pinch and uh, good puck offensive awareness that's great job by Thomas Shabbat you don't often say this about a team that gave up four points to the McDavid dry saddle line but I thought that when Norris Kachuk and Nick Paul were up against them matched I thought they did a fantastic job and the score sheet reflects that Even on the night, all three of those guys, despite the production that the Stars had. So just, man, I can't stress enough the learning curve that Josh Norris is going to right now. Like going into next year, when they play teams that aren't in the Canadian division, they're going to be so well prepared for that. 
And I think that it's not too far to say that Josh Norris has impressed maybe double what Tim Stutzla has. Now, there's a two-year age gap, like go almost three, actually. However, is it time to get a little concerned with Timmy? A dash two again, had an opportunity late in the game. They're down one, and he he tried to do too much in that situation. Hey, you got to get that puck on net. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just quickly, I want to touch on Norris, though. You're talking about his development. How about in the faceoff dot tonight, uh, or last night too, Ross? 12 for 17, going wow. for 71%. And that was something we harped on him for, but he's really figured it out. So great on Josh Norris there. I just wanted to get that point in. Not only was Norris winning faceoffs, but he went 5 for 7, 71% against Leon Dreisaitl, and 5 for 7 against Connor McDavid. So he won 10 out of 14 faceoffs against those two guys. Just incredible. Yeah, that is so amazing. And th- and that's the kind of thing, like, you want these guys to be learning this year. Like, get Josh Norris up against those guys because if he w- wins or loses or isn't able to fully be up at their level, that's fine. But he's learning, and he's now – I bet if you looked at Norris's face-off stats up against those guys at the start of the year, you would see a big difference here. So great on Josh Norris for there. Now on to the other rookie and – Look, I love Tim Stutzla. He's going to be such an exciting player. But like you said, he's just trying to do too much. I thought I was going to rip my hair out of my scalp when I saw him trying to pull off a Forsberg move with the defenseman draped all over him in a close game like this with all that time and space. I just, he's doing too much a lot of the time. And that's really frustrating for a guy who's a rookie in this league. And you just need to simplify that game. Am I saying do just get a Connor Brown shot off on a breakaway? No, but try a, a couple deeks, get the goalie moving and and work from there. Don't try to pull off the most incredible move uh, when you got the He's defenseman draped all over you. Yeah, so I, I really didn't like that decision from Timmy. What's the next play? Do you just trot out Stutzla same as you have been or is it time to figure out a new spot in the lineup for him? No, I think you keep him where he is. Him and Batherson have great, uh, great chemistry together. Well, so neither I don't... of them's produced in the last two weeks. Yeah, I don't want to break them up though. And Batherson's a streaky guy. Like we, we know that. So he's just in a slump right now. He's going to bounce back out of it. Like I said last episode, he's going to finish the season hot. I promise you. As guy going into a contract year, this is a big deal for him. So once think... Pinto comes in and centers those guys. Yeah, that could be interesting. Now, do we think DJ Smith is going to go with a line that young and with that much inexperience? Probably not, but it would be great to see what those three can do together for sure. Time will tell as the quarantine ticks down for both JBD and Shane Pinto. We expect them in the lineup later next week. Now, last part before we move on from this past game, we've got a hand-up situation. We take ourselves what seriously but not too seriously and we make mistakes and i don't think anyone was more surprised that ottawa was wearing their black home jerseys than me because if you listen to yesterday's locked on senators we thought the game was in edmonton now i was kind of thinking why did we believe that maybe it was the one game in winnipeg you you just figure it's on the way to edmonton but hand up that was just a blatant error by me yeah, that's that's a big time mix up. And you were just so confident in it that I didn't even think to check. I was like, all right, Ross has all these Rogers arena stats lined up. He, he's got it figured out. So we'll go with it. And yeah, hand up for me, too. That's the one I got to check. But yeah, we don't take ourselves too seriously on here. We've we've done hundreds 
of episodes. We do a daily episode. We're on the grind. So we're going to make, make mistakes sometimes. So you just got to look back and laugh at it a little. At least we'll have all those stats ready for next year, uh, Ross, when they play the Oilers in Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep it in the notebook. Hey, if we were perfect, we would have the most money in our account to bet online. We're not quite perfect, but we do what we can. So we appreciate everyone for listening. Stay tuned again at the end of this show. We've got an interview announcement for Friday's show tomorrow. It's going to be a big one. But Bet Online, it's always a big day at Bet Online because it's the one sports gambling spot we trust here with the Locked On Podcast Network. You can bet on literally everything at betonline.ag. And the best part about it is because you're a listener to the Locked On Senators podcast, you are entitled to a 50% welcome. Bonus. So here's how you accomplish that. You sign up today for a free account when you go to betonline.ag. And when you make your first deposit, put in the promo code locked on. And just like that, 50% of whatever you deposit will be automatically added to your account. What can you do with that free pay play money? We would recommend following Pilsy's parlay of the day. Yeah, it was, that was tough watching Leon Dreisaitl score that uh, empty netter with less than a second left because that ruined my reverse puck line for the Sens. But the St. Louis Blues also beat the Vegas Golden Knights, so that one wasn't a successful one for me. So I'm switching things up here a little. I, I'm sticking to the reverse puck line for the Ottawa Senators, though, Ross. I think that's a, been a good bet. They were literally milliseconds away from hitting it, so I don't fault my, my approach there at all. So <laughs> hit that reverse puck line, that's a new thing for me. I'm getting into that. Minus 145, not terrible odds. So hit that for sure for the Sens. Now we're going to flip things a little different here. It's an all Senator Pilsy's parlay of the day. Don't Whoa. forget. Yeah, don't forget the Belleville Senators play tonight too. Up against the Manitoba Moose again. But we're not doing reverse puck line for Belleville Senators. We are hitting the puck line. Minus one and a half at plus 238 odds for your Belleville Senators. So let's put those two together in a parlay. Put 10 bucks in. You're going to win $47.11. That is Pillsy Senators parlay of the day. Let's go. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action and don't forget the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's bet online, your online sportsbook expert. All right, Pilsy, final note on the 4-2 loss to Edmonton last night, and that is a streak. Connor Brown has now scored in five straight games. Is this just a matter of burying his chances? Yeah, big time. Like, he, he's not getting snake bit anymore, and it's – it's simplifying things, right? Like he was thinking too much. He was getting too much time and space. Now puck on stick, puck on net, and it's working out for him. And that was one hell of a shot last night. Like I had to watch the replay a bunch of times just to see where that shot ended up going in because it was an absolute laser beam. No chance for Koskin in there. Nice play by Riley too, to see him as the late man coming in in the high slot, hits him perfectly with the pass all around. Great play. Five straight games with a goal for Connor Brown. Keep on going, Brownie. And he added an assist to boot, so that's six points. Uh, Do you think that 33.3% shooting might regress a little? Maybe, but we'll have fun with it while we can because he brings so many other elements to the table. So stick taps to Connor Brown. Again, full preview coming up at the end of today's show. But Pilsy, the Belleville Senators, are they a wagon? 
they have put together a few wins here and it looks like it's going to continue despite a third period where they were hanging on for their dear life. Yeah, I'm not ready to call a team last place in their division a wagon, but they have gone on a little bit of a streak here, and they're up against the Manitoba Moose. This is a team that's barely above them in the standings, and other than Cole Perfetti, not not a whole lot of talent on that team. So this is a team I think they can beat up on, and you said it. They got so lucky in the third period, like getting outshot 17-1, to Good thing they scored on that one shot to win a one goal game 3-2 because Manitoba scored both their goals in that third period. That was a tough one, but Gustafson, this guy is confident as ever. Not only is he playing well in the NHL, now he's bringing it bringing that hot game back down to Belleville where he's never really put up amazing numbers in the AHL. So it's great to see him get a good game there. And our boy, Igor Sokolov, keeps things rolling. He had another assist last night. He sure did. And I just love the speed that he's bringing. It was fun watching that game. We've got AHL TV and uh, they're playing at the what was basically like the Sensplex. Like Why the, don't they uh, take the netting down? I don't understand that. There's no no crowd, no fans, and the camera's got to look through this netting the whole game. It's an absolute joke. Yeah, it brings you back to those minor league memories. Maybe if you had a tournament that was filmed and you could buy the DVD after whatever it was. I just thought it was hilarious to watch. Back to basics style hockey, but it just makes it that much more impressive how big these guys are, right? When you see them on a, an ice surface with just walls and no stands and all that. Philip Gustafson mentioned that it was easier to track pucks, which I thought was pretty interesting as well. But the Belleville Senators have now won four of their last six games, Pills, and they're doing that without Logan Brown, who we mentioned was getting closer, but is still not ready to return. Maybe tonight, because every morning, Belleville, they put out this very minimal game preview but still anyways they mentioned all the players who are out and they didn't have logan brown in yesterday so would it be safe to assume that we could see him in tonight's rematch well it's interesting and uh logan brown kind of a forgotten about guy in belleville they continue to roll along here without him and our guy footy on the air david foot go follow him on twitter if you haven't had the chance he does little threads with quotes after the game Great stuff. Once again, he's talking about Logan Brown. He's day-to-day right now. Troy Mann says he needs to tell us when he feels comfortable. You can't come into the lineup and not make it through the game or be able to play the next game. So he needs to be mindful of that. So still some lingering stuff for Logan Brown here. I don't think we see him tonight, Ross. I think like uh, they announced earlier in the week, they'll probably get him on the second half of this four-game stretch up against Manitoba. But Belleville doesn't really need him right now. Like with the influx of new players, like Angus Crookshank, another guy, shout out him, another assist for him. He's looking great in the pro level. And this penalty kill for the Belleville Senators is absolutely incredible. Oh, for six, the Manitoba Moose were on their power plays. They're one of the best in the league with an 83.8% penalty kill. I think sixth overall in the entire AHL. So if they can keep that up, that's a big boost. But Yeah, I would like to see Logan Brown. Like, does he even play hockey anymore? I don't know. Parker Kelly, Joseph Labate, and Vitaly Abramov, the goal scorers. And don't look now, but Vitaly is heating up. Not only the game winner on, by the way, Belleville's only shot in the third period, but could he be earning himself a call-up right after trade deadline? I think he, he would be the next guy, right? Like, he's the guy that you would you would. I could see Parker Kelly if it's a bottom six role. 
Yeah, yeah, I could see that as well. But DJ Smith, he, he kind of he doesn't really play guys and they're like in their role. Like, look, Nick Paul, we would not call him a top line player. He's been playing on the top line and doing well. Evgeny Dadnov is not a fourth line guy, but he's playing on the fourth line and doing well. So I don't know if he's really going to look at roles that way, but Parker Kelly has looked good. And I would I wouldn't have any problem if he got a little look at the NHL. Parker Kelly, third on the Belleville Sens in scoring with seven points in 17 games. Abramov, second with 10 in 16. And our boy, Igor, with 11, including seven goals over 17 games. So they're back tonight. They're the players who are already in the organization, but the ones affiliated who still haven't made the jump to pro, well, they're still impressing Pilsy. Another ho-hum two-point night for Ridley Gregg. He extends his point streak to eight games and, those Brandon Wheat Kings are a complete wagon. Oh, yeah. The the Brandon Wheat Kings, I can say, confidently are a wagon in the WHL. And, yeah, it's just Ridley Gregg doing Ridley Gregg stuff. Two more assists. I think the the hype for this guy, like the the hype train is, is getting loaded. Like the passengers are getting on. They're getting fueled up. The conductor's blowing his whistle. Everybody's clearing the tracks. This kid is for real. And as soon as he gets a chance to get back in Belleville, I think it's it's full steam ahead on the Ridley Gregg hype train. He's the number one center on Brandon, and they improved to 11-2-1 on the season. Can you believe it? They've already played 14 games. There's only 10 games left in their season, but Ridley Gregg has five goals and 12 assists in 11 games, right? Because he served that suspension earlier in the season. The kid is a complete stud, and it almost makes me that much more excited that all the, the scouts or the internet scouts, I should clarify, hated these draft picks because it just adds that level of the Sens are going to be such a hateful, a hated team in the years to come with Formanton, Parker Kelly, and guys like Ridley, Greg Brady, Kachuk leading the charge in the nuisance category. It's just going to be a hell of a time. The K train on the back end as well, just a, a trail of dead bodies in his track. I don't know if you saw Midco Sports, the um, the company that hires uh, Alex Heinert, our friend of the show, and Nodak Voice. They put out an awesome conclusion to North Dakota season, just wrapping everything up. And there's about an eight-second clip. We'll retweet it at Send Central. But there's about eight seconds in the middle of it of just Tyler Clevin montage, just dominating players, just leaving everyone in this dust. So you love to see that as well. And we didn't even touch on a man who's in the finals right now in the junior league in Finland. What's the latest with Levi Marilyn and Pills? It looks like they're going to a decisive game three in the championship. Oh yeah. It's that time of year, Ross. Every time the legacy bowl is on, you know, we're dialed Must in. Watch TV. <laughs> hey, all jokes aside that that's a pretty cool trophy name. The legacy bowl. If you want to build a legacy, you have to be in Finland at the U 20 league. That's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, 30 out of 33 saves. For Levi Marilinen, a 6-3 win for the for the boys. And now, yeah, it's a best of three series and it's tied up at one. So it all comes down to uh to this game on Friday. So hopefully, maybe Pierre Dorian's texting Levi, hey, we want winners. So just focus we on want- winning the legacy bowl, and uh, then we'll get you over here soon. But uh hopefully you can uh, pull through there. After his 2-1 loss in overtime, by the way, and they're outshot 9-2 in overtime. And again, only scored one goal in the whole game. The offense came through for Carpat as well. They scored six and Levi made 30 saves on 33 shots. The championship game is Friday. 
and sends prospects, we're looking at you, buddy. We need a save-by-save highlight pack of that game. And if you need transportation to get over to CarPad, if you're in Finland, you want to go see the game, make sure your car's running smoothly and go to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com, it's a family business, and they were ahead of their time. They've been serving auto parts online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. And whether it's for your classic or daily drive, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand's specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same whether you're a professional or just a do-it-yourselfer. Why spend up to twice as much on the same parts? Don't do it. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. All we ask is that you write locked on into your how did you hear about us box. That way, they know that we sent you. Reliable selection, the lowest prices it's rockauto.com. All right, Pilsy, before or should we wait until after? What do you think? Should we tease the interview for tomorrow right now or make him wait till the very end of today's show? No, nah, we won't make him wait any longer. Let's tease it. All right. We have fifth overall pick, Jake Sanderson. So now we've got our second Nodak Sends defenseman. We're really looking forward to chatting with him on Friday show. So expect it to be a little later of a release time. We're still working out what time we're going to interview him, but we'll put out the, the whole episode following that. So send central citizen will be bumped to next week, but I'm sure you understand why we've got the likely captain of next year's world junior team on the show. So stay tuned for Jake Sanderson, who grew up playing in Alberta. He was a member of uh, Calgary minor hockey. However, the senators are not in Alberta. Pilsy. I can Confirm that tonight's game will be at the Canadian Tire Center in Ottawa, where the Senators are 8-8-4 eight, eight, and four on the season. Somewhat respectable. They had that great streak, but now back-to-back losses in their last couple of games on home ice. What do they need to do? I jokingly asked to shut down McDavid and Drysaddle. Let's leave those stars aside. What does Ottawa need to focus on themselves if they're going to come out successful? I think, it, and it's what we talked about with Timmy Stussel, it's simplifying your game. Like you're, you're not going to out-talent the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, you're not going to out-talent Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid alone, let alone the entire team. So I think you got to take your opportunities when you get them. When you get those lanes to the net, get pucks on net. Connor Brown, that's a perfect example of what you got to do. Thomas Shabbat, great job on his assist to Josh Norris. Like, those are the kind of plays you're going to have to do to beat this team. And you're not going to be able to run and gun with them. Like if you trade chances with them, they're going to beat up on you all day long. So try to do the best you can to contain Connor McDavid and Leon dry. So I don't have any sort of secrets there, but make sure when you do get your offensive chances, you're just getting the puck on net and hoping for the best. Because if you try to be doing Forsberg Deeks with guys all over you, it's not going to turn out well. Another thing we touched on in terms of slowing down the Oilers is not allowing their decor to get up into the rush. Tyson Berry, another two assists. He's climbing the ladder in most points in a single season against the Sens as well. But I thought they did a better job of getting out to the points and not allowing it to be so easy 
for the Oilers defensemen to keep plays alive in the offensive zone. Yes, McDavid and Drysdale are going to have their dominant shifts. We saw that multiple times where Ottawa got hemmed in their own zone. The game winner where Connor McDavid just went right around Chris Tierney, that was the end of about a three-minute shift for them. So I'm going to say a key to tonight's game is to keep the shifts short. You know that you're going up against the superstars of all superstars in the league, and one of their main reasons for that is their endurance. You can't get caught on the defensive side of the puck while these guys are wheeling in the O-zone. So for me, shifts, usually you say 40 to 45 seconds. Let's say 25 to 30 seconds. Anything more, the puck better be 200 feet from your own goal. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's a really good one because, yeah, those were some gas guys on the ice. And you can't you can't keep up with Connor McDavid at the best of times, let alone when you're tired. And I think, Ross, this is something that the Senators coaching staff is going to have to harness as a whole, like in general, because there are way too many times. And, I mean, Goody not playing that much anymore. But there was times where Goody was on the ice for over two minutes and it wasn't uh, a rare occurrence. There's times where Zaitsev and Shabbat are on for two minutes and that's normal. Like, that cannot be happening. Like, once you're at a minute and a half, you need to be doing everything in your power to be getting to the benches. Otherwise, you're just going to get slaughtered like that. So I think the, the short shifts are a big key for the Senators here moving forward. I'm going to put an amendment on our lookout player. You can't pick 97 or 29 or else we're going to have to call ourselves locked on Oilers. Who are you looking out for here? And who do you need to contain outside of those two guys? Well, a guy's game that I've really liked from the Oilers in depth role is Jujar Kara. Like, he's looked really good. Like, he's a nice player. He can create offense. He's chippy. He hit the post uh, last night. He had a good chance. The Edmonton Oilers actually hit three posts. Uh, Devin Shore had way too much time and space on the penalty kill, and he ringed one off the bar. So it's those guys that maybe get overlooked and you don't know them as well. And if you give them a bit of time and space, they're going to bury you. So my lookout player is Kara. Yeah, I like that a lot. I'm going to go a little off the board and only because I noticed him on the power play playing with McDavid and dry saddle. I don't know what lottery Alex Chiesel won, but I'm going to be locked in tonight to see if he really deserves that spot. Because when I saw him play in Ottawa in the 2016 season, was brutal the the season um, that I most remember him. Like I just remember him being kind of a soft player for, for a power forward, but he could always skate well. And I guess he's matured. He's got a Stanley cup in his resume now, but I don't see him as being a perfect compliment. Like why isn't Yesty Pulley RV standing in front of the net with those guys? Why isn't, why isn't it another one of your skill players? They've got a few in Edmonton. You can go up and down the list with Yamamoto, with uh, Dominic Cahoon, with even a guy like Josh Archibald, who was a plus two last night. So they see something in Alex Chasson. I haven't seen it despite watching him play with the Sens for a few years. So I'm going to be looking out for Alex Chasson tonight. You also have that revenge game pixie dust that you always have to be wary of. But as I touch on one former Senator, we have to like, we have to talk about Kyle Turris a little bit. Like that game, like his game has just fallen off a cliff. Like, what are you seeing from him that's so different? 22% in the faceoff circle, Pilsy, and he only got 11 and a half minutes. Yeah, it's it sucks to see Kyle Turris like this. And, and honestly, you ask, what am I seeing from him? I don't even notice him. Like if you, after that game, if you would have been like, hey, how did Kyle Turris look? I'd be like, wait, did, did he play? Like I didn't really see him out there. And when you're talking about the faceoff numbers, 
this is a like changing of the guard kind of thing because Kyle Turse used to be really good at faceoffs. Yep. But Remember, he used to sweep his leg in. Yep. Exactly. That's what I was getting to. That's that's what was his move. He would sweep his leg in, and Crosby was losing his mind with yep. that move on the faceoff dot. But you can't do that anymore. And that was a big part of Kyle Turse's game. Another part of Turse's game is that wrist shot. Like he was one of those guys. He could be coming down the wing on the rush. And just quick wrist shot, beats a goalie clean, no interference, uh, no tip, no screen, nothing. And he just had that shot. You don't see that anymore. He has 26 shots all year in 24 games. That's barely a shot a game. So there's something major going on there. But also, I think if you're a guy like Kyle Turris, you're kind of on the back end of your career and you're getting paid a boatload of cash by the Predators to not play for them. Maybe you don't have the best motivation to keep things going because, you know, your pockets are lined either way. Well, another note, and I was listening to Wally Mathod, and Matt said that Turris played through a ton of injuries in Ottawa. Like he was getting shot up before every game, whether it was his finger, his shoulder. I think he said his wrist as well. So maybe it's just a matter of wear and tear. And I mean, he's always going to be looked at fondly in terms of being an Ottawa Senator, one of the most clutch players. I believe he's top three in uh, in game winning goals in in playoffs. So you just look at at his body of work, and it's just sad to see how far it's fallen, but. Yeah, he, he's going to be a guy. I think he's. I think he still has his place in Ottawa. I think he still think he spends time here. So I think that once you look back at his career, he'll be remembered mostly. And maybe this isn't a hot take at all, but for his time in Ottawa. Now, before we get to our locked on player, you mentioned Terrace's shots on goal. So I just want to throw you a wild Leon Drysaddle stat, and you could say sample size, and I'll say yeah, sample size through eight games and twenty nine shots on goal. Ottawa Senators goalies have a 655 save percentage on dry saddle shots. Have you ever seen with that large of a sample size, that kind of number? No, I don't think so. The, the only name, and it's ironic that uh, that it's the Oilers, that's coming to mind as a guy who can score that easily on the Sens is James Neal, right? Like, oh, uh, my God. It all, like uh, You should look up James Neal's numbers in uh, that category. I bet it would be probably not as impressive, but I bet it would be close because he just seems to always put the puck in the net up against the Ottawa Senators. You would yeah. have to include playoffs, though, because there's that one series when he was with uh, Pittsburgh, and I already pulled it up. Stats guy, he shoots 13.4% against Ottawa, 11 goals in 26 games. But then if you add in his career playoff numbers against Ottawa, that gets even more lopsided because there's that, yeah, that second round series, Ottawa versus Pittsburgh was maybe the biggest clinic. He had a hat trick in that game five and I just talked my way into getting the stats. He shot 21% in that series goals in five games. So yeah, that's, but that just shows you like, that's impressive, but that's 15% less than what, uh, what dry saddles doing against Ottawa this year. Yeah. Yikes. I mean, like what else can you say? Just big time. Yikes. Oh my God. Who are you locked on tonight for Ottawa? I'm going to look at let's let's get Drake Batherson going. Like I didn't okay. really see a lot from him that I liked last night. We talked about how him and Timmy have been on a cold streak here. Like last night only one shot, 15 minutes played for Batherson dash one. I want to see him get it going because yeah, like I said, he's this is a contract year and if Batherson gets going, I'm sure some of that uh some of that good energy will transfer over to Timmy Stutzla. And like you said, maybe Pinto gets uh, the center position in between those guys. That'd be great. So Drake Batherson's going to be my guy to get going here. 
Pelzi, I'm going with Tim Stutzla again, almost just to poke some more fun at myself based on me saying his stats at Rogers place and how he was going to break out. He's got one goal in 18 home games this year, Pelzi. One goal in 18 home games, nine points. He's got 11 and 19 on the road. So I'm looking at him as a guy who tonight's the night. You want to impress Leon Dreisaitl. You want to impress Dominic Cahoon, your Germans. You know that this game is going to be on in Germany as well. Let's see Timmy simplify a little bit. I love where his mind was. Imagine he had the one-hand drag on his stick to tie the game. Ugh, you just got to get that five-hole, especially tonight. Mike Smith, the likely starter for Edmonton, and he's an erratic goalie in the net. He's big. He's having a hell of a season as well. But against a guy like him, he's going to be flopping on his own around the net, kind of like um, a Javi Boone or a Dominic Hasek, that type of style. You just have to get pucks on net and ki- make sure they're kicking out rebounds and, and hop on those quick. So I'm looking at Timmy to simplify tonight and to get a goal. So that's my prop bet of the night is hit a little bit at bet online on Tim Stutzla to score a goal. Pilsy, it's been a great show, and I'm so happy we don't have to talk about Edmonton Oilers hockey after tonight. Yeah, that's that's going to be nice. But the sense, like, you got to be sitting in that locker room and looking your Oh, and eight up against this team. Like the money on the board has to be through the roof. Like the, like I said, this has to be a must win game just for your pride. Like you can't, you cannot let that happen to you. So I'm convinced the Sens are going to give 110% effort here. We're going to see it flying out of the gates. Hopefully they can get those momentum goals going. And like Mike Smith is a very mental goalie. Like when he's feeling it, He's feeling it, but when he's not feeling it, he shrugs into it. So get a quick goal on him, get his confidence down, and then jump all over him with the simplified plays like we talked about, and I think the Sens can have success here. You know that Mike Smith is like top 10 in the NHL in save percentage this year? I thought that was just incredible. He's got a 919 save percentage, which is as good as Philip Grubauer's. So that was uh, pretty shocking to me. He's got a 13-3-2 record. In, in 19 starts, 20 games on the season. So yeah, get to him early, get to him often. And I lied, Pilsy. We got to talk about um, we got to talk about Edmonton tomorrow. But hopefully, it's on the heels of their first loss to your Ottawa Senators. So we'll be back tomorrow for a full breakdown of that game. Sends in Toronto on Saturday night for another Battle of Ontario. We'll preview that. And oh yeah, how about Jake Sanderson? Stay tuned for his interview tomorrow for Brandon Pillar. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team. Every day.